boy, life happens, doesn't it? This past year, we've all weathered a world pandemic. And in addition to that crisis, our clients have faced key people resigning suddenly. They are realizing positions will be vacated due to retirement much sooner than they were planning on. And with all these changes in their talent pool, this adds additional stress to their overwhelming to-do list of just running the day-to-day business. Our fearless leader realized they took their eyes off building their bench of high potentials. What if it could be different? Welcome to Conversations for Fearless Leaders. Do you avoid important conversations for fear of not saying it right? How comfortable are you to deal with difficult situations? What if instead you could approach any conversation with clarity and confidence? We are Dale Lachlan of Trinidad and Tobago and Rhonda York of the United States. In Conversations for Fearless Leaders, we draw on our combined 40 years of experiences as professionally trained coaches certified in conversational intelligence and team coaching. So join us in this podcast series as we discuss your most challenging leadership situations with a deep multidisciplinary perspective. In each episode, we will share practical tools, tips, and steps for you to implement with confidence. Let your journey with us awaken your inner courage to discover, experiment, and learn what it takes to become a fearless master of leadership conversations. In this podcast, we explore what it takes to approach the engagement, the retention, and the succession of our high potentials differently. Might we see it more as a relationship management process for which we, as leaders, have primary responsibility? And what would we be trying to make possible? And what would we need to do? Fearless leaders understand that they make things happen through their conversations. They know, too, that when their conversations are intentional, it's much more likely that their desired influence and impact will be achieved. Let's unpack this a bit more. Rhonda, when we talk about high potentials, who are we really talking about? Well, Dale, I can give a great analogy because here in the U.S., the professional football teams just recently had their big draft. And what that means is the different teams had conversations with their team members, their stakeholders, to identify certain positions that they wanted to strengthen and build on their team bench. So by doing that, they looked at college players that looked very committed, had great talent and skill sets, ones that they thought their work ethic was good and really committed and devoted to the sport. 
And then in looking at their teams and what they needed, then that's how they went about their choice, or in this case, the draft, to bring new players onto their team. They do that, Dale, so that they can strengthen their bench. Many times in organizations, you have key positions. And as we mentioned earlier, if they retire, get sick, or whatever reason, leave that position, then we have a big void to fill. And that can really impact an organization's success, their profitability. But if they look at their high potentials, some companies call them emerging leaders, and go ahead and start developing those, have those conversations, then that can minimize some of that risk and that stress that leaders might have. I'm sure you and I've talked about this so many times that you have organizations that are looking to strengthen their teams to build their so-called bench, right? What happens is that leaders really have to be thinking forward. What will be the needs of the business in the future? Who will I need in the future? Because it may very well be that the skills and the competencies that we're going to need in the future are not going to be the ones that we have right now. And we want to make sure that sitting on those that bench, as you call it, are people who are ready and willing, prepared and qualified for taking up both the functional tasks as well as the leadership role that they may be thrust into sometimes at a moment's notice. So that's that conversation with self that you mentioned many times in our other episodes. What I'm hearing you say then is the leader really needs to give thought, have a conversation what are my key positions? What do I need? And what talent, skill sets, abilities are needed there? It's really succession planning. And this is an area that I see a lot of companies don't do very successfully. And it goes back to looking at your high potentials within your organization and having the conversation. So there are two sets of conversations there. One is the conversation with self. As a leader, what is the future that I'm trying to make possible for my team and for the organization? Who's going to be with me as I move forward into that future? Who are the key people that I'm going to rely on? Who then will be in that group of high potentials that I'm going to work, having sorted in his mind as a leader what he needs, when he's going to need it, and what it's all going to look like, then his next step is to start having intentional conversations with those high potentials. Because on both sides, there needs to be a sense of safety, a sense of connection to a bigger purpose, a sense in which the individuals feel empowered to contribute and to know that their value is recognized and appreciated. 
there's a there's just I'm thinking of a story really, a client I had who in deciding, in looking at her group of high potentials, she realized that there was a particular conversation required. In the one case, she was ready to start delegating more to one of her team members, somebody with whom she'd been working and developing for a couple of years already, and they had grown into a rather comfortable relationship. But what was happening is that there was more responsibility being placed on this leader. And she knew that it was time for her to start delegating more to the high potential. But it wasn't just a case of starting to delegate more. It was also important that she had that intentional conversation with the high potential in which she said to her, listen, What's going to start happening is that I'm going to give you more stuff. I'm going to delegate more higher level responsibility to you. That's the only way that I'm going to be able to take on the higher level responsibility that's also being asked of of me. So what you can expect in the future is that I will not be working as closely with you. I won't be micromanaging you with as much detail as I did in the past, because I think you're ready. How do you feel about it? And what happened through the conversation was that they came to a a meeting of minds, as it were. They defined what success would look like from both sides. And in fact, what happened in this case is that the high potential was actually, she shifted the location of her office to another space where she was going to be more closely in contact with the people she needed to work with and who eventually she would be leading. And she would have even less physical contact with the leader. That's a great story, Dale, and a very unusual one. I wish that we had more clients that would do that. And as you described that, I think that's a great leader that had that intentional conversation. And it sounded like This leader was very specific in letting her colleague, her high potential know, here's what I'm seeing. Here's how behavior is going to change moving forward, meaning I will delegate more to you. Your office will be moved. And here's the reason why that's very clear. And it also sounded like that there was a lot of trust between the two team members, the leader and this high potential, to have such a great open conversation and even to say, pretty much, I'm giving you your wings to go do what I know you can do, but I'm always here for you. The one thing that I would want to add is the safety to know that Just because I get my wings as a high potential and I'm starting to move towards a leadership position, that doesn't mean that I'm expected to be perfect and never make a mistake. Because if the trust is there and we have that connection and relationship, I know that my leader will tell me when I'm doing something well 
but also the conversation that we have when I don't do it perfect or do it really well, that it's that conversation continues to help me grow and doesn't tear me down. I do not have to have that fear of failure, which therefore gives me more confidence to really step up to my ability. Because even though we may want to be a leader, most of the ones that I have coached have said, I've been wanting this forever, but now what if I can't do it? What if I'm not successful? So that's a common fear. And the organization has to have enough trust and safety that people can be allowed to grow and learn. And sometimes that's by making a mistake that they learn. So I love that example that you just shared, Dale. It, it makes me think of something that you've said, Rhonda. You're as strong as your bench. The thing is that as a leader, you can't really take your eye off the bench, can you? You've got to keep your eye on the no. play. You've got to keep an eye on the game. But at the same time, you've got to keep your eye on the bench. Who's there? Are they ready? What is the strength of the relationship I have with each of these people on that bench? Because you see, one size doesn't fit all when it comes to motivation. One size doesn't fit all when it comes to empowerment. We've got to know for each of those players on the bench just where their particular strengths are, where their unique talents lie, and where their particular areas for development exist so that we can go in there and we can support them as necessary. The other thing is understanding that when the call comes, when I, as a leader, make that call, okay, Dale, you're off the bench, you're up next. Dale has got to have such confidence in her state of readiness, in her ability to step up and perform adequately because I'm ready for it. And to know that in doing so, that my support as your leader continues and continues. Exactly. Because a coach doesn't send a player in to play whatever sport they're playing and then sit down and not keep their eye on the big picture, as you said, or see what's happening on the court or the field. So it's the same thing as the CEO, the leaders that you and I work with. They're always looking. And yes, there are certain responsibilities that I have, but I have to see who's on my bench, who needs extra help, who needs a different training, who needs more time in the weight room, maybe, who needs more leadership development or classes or training. So as a fearless leader, that is my responsibility. And that's what leads our company to be successful. The other thing is there's a mutual respect. If I identify someone as a high potential, I've developed respect for them. And if that person commits to the role, to the team, to the organization, then there's respect back towards me and towards the organization. And all that comes from those conversations that you and I talk about being intentional conversations 
focused on specific expectations, talents, skills, what's going on, and it's not throwing someone into a position going, okay, I've just promoted you, now go be successful. Can't do it that way and hope that the end results is one of success. You have to work together. So that's how I see mm-hmm. it anyway. A couple of really interesting points that you've been making. I want to go back to the trust that you mentioned earlier on and how important it is that trust must underlie this whole framework. Both the trust level, we're talking here, both the trust level in the relationship between the leader and the high potential and the trust level in the organization that the commitments that are being made by the leader on behalf of the organization will in fact be kept and that the commitments being made by the high potential will also be kept so that on both sides, the leader and the employee feel that they can be safe enough to try to do the things that they want to do, to work together. Using a coaching approach in this development process is so important for the leader. Those intentional conversations are conversations where sometimes a leader may have to say things that the high potential will find it very hard to hear an accent. Not all the time is the news you're going to, de- to deliver going to be what they want to hear. And these are times when the leader needs to be able to use care and candor, always in the interest of clarity, always in the interest of that employee's development, always in the interest of strengthening the relationship. Because I won't set you up to fail. What we've got to do is trust that the quality of the conversations we have together as leader and high potential and the strength of the relationship is allowing us, and I think when, when I think about it on both sides, to be able to use the care and candor that we need to, to keep things transparent, to keep things real. Because sometimes the high potential may need to say some things to the leader that he or she may find it difficult to hear and accept as well. Absolutely. And that's that's the key to the trust and respect that you and I are talking about. When I have been in organizations and I see that the culture is one of trust and respect and support, the ones between the leaders and the team members are trust, respect, and support, that's where I've seen companies to be the most successful. And again, it's not just having a conversation, but having the right conversation and really being intentional about what you want to say, being clear and asking questions. We don't all know all the answers. And just because you might have leader, CEO, whatever letters after your name, a title does not make you effective. It's the work, the commitment, the conversations, trust, respect. That's what makes you a leader. (laughs) I have to laugh. I had one client that I was coaching and he said, if she would just make me a manager, then I could be a leader. And I thought, well, I've got a lot of work to do here because a title doesn't make you something. It's the behavior 
the commitment and the willingness to work that would lead an organization to see you as a high potential and not just a title. Boy, this one has been packed with a lot of messages. Hasn't it certainly it, has. And if we might leave you, our listeners, with a few questions that you might feel challenged or at least interested to consider over the next couple of weeks. It might be these. Look at your bench. Who's sitting there? Who are your high potentials? And what would you like to make possible for them and with them? What value would this then have for you, the high potential, your team, and your organization? And who then should you be having an intentional conversation with? And thank you for joining Dale and Rhonda for Conversations for Fearless Leaders. We hope you will continue to have conversations. See you in the next episode.